I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. You're listening to Taylor. On the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com I have got a wonderful podcast for you today. This podcast is called Roman Center Remix. Roman Center Remix. Please, let's take a moment to pray. Father in heaven, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Speak through your living word now. Regardless of who or where... A person might be listening. Have your way. Jesus, do what you do best. Luke 19, 10. Seek to say that which is lost. The lost be found. The found be discipled. And the disciple makes disciples. I pray and ask all these things. May your word reach. May your word be sent forth and not return unto you void. Let it accomplish what you want done in the hearts of all men. In the hearing of every ear and in the heart of every person that is alive. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Today's podcast again Roman Center Remix. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture. If you're new to the podcast please know that we are going to read a lot of verses. We read a lot of the Bible. This is not a quick devo. This is not a hurried you know uh, restricted platform and any church denomination. This is, hey, I want to take some time and dive into God's word. This is like somebody paying for you to go to the buffet. Eat all you want. All you can eat, eat it all you want. You want to have a plate full of watermelon. You want a plate full of chicken. You want to go for some salad nets. You want to try some meatballs. You want to get you some garlic rolls. You you want some ice cream. Yes. Feast on the living word of God right now. Again, this is Tay Love and you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Please, let's turn to Romans chapter 3. We're going to read verses 19 through 26. Again, Romans 3, 19 through 26. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And it says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law, is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. 23, here it is. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified Freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans 3, 19 through 26, New King James Version. Again, this podcast is called Roman Center Remix. Now, let me introduce you to the denomination that I'm now a part of, uh, one that has been one of the largest Protestant denominations in the United States and currently is and that is the Southern Baptist. The Southern Baptist Convention is the largest Protestant denomination in the United States, 14 million or 47,000 
500 churches, roughly. There's an article by Holly Meyer out of the Tennessean. This is out of Nashville. And here's a few excerpts from that article. A recent Gallup poll shows that membership in houses of worship continues to decline in the U.S. Only 47% of American Americans said they were members of a church, mosque, or synagogue in 2020. U.S. church membership was 73% when Gallup first measured in 1937 and remained near 70% for the next six decades before beginning a steady decline around the turn of the 21st century. A Gallup report on the poll states, a recent survey by LifeWay Research found that more Protestant churches closed in 2019 than launched in the U.S. Specifically, about 3,000 started and about 4,500 shut down. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what I said in that quote? Only 47% of Americans said they were members of a church. We're not even going to talk about a mosque or synagogue because that's Again, this is from a, a, a secular newspaper. Let's assume the great majority of that 47 percent is speaking about churches because there are way more churches in America than they are synagogues and mosques. So let's just say about 40 percent. Forty percent of Americans said they were members of a church. Now, again, in 1937. It was 73 percent. We've gone from 73% to roughly 40%. And if back then you included mosques and synagogues, let's just bump it down to 70%. So we have dropped from 70% to 40%. Keep that in mind. We're talking about Roman Center Remix. You know how we do. We got the ingredients. We're going to mix it together. And hopefully the taste of this podcast is like Psalm 34 and 8. You will taste and see that God is good. Now, the reason I bring up and I open this way with the Southern Baptist Convention being the largest and these statistics about churches declining is because the Southern Baptist Convention has also been in decline the last few years. It just seems to be a mark or a sign of the times. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and 2 Timothy 4 and so many other places that in the last days, people will not endure sound doctrine. Doesn't mean they won't hear it a time or two or just a little bit, but the Bible says they will not endure sound doctrine. So what that means is if you're a church or a person or a pastor where, uh, that's what you stand on and that's what you keep bringing back to the surface and the forefront. Chances are people aren't going to get up and leave your church. Second Timothy four, three King James version says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And what does it say in the verse before that? Let's just go back to verse one, second Timothy four, verse one. This is Paul, the apostle saying, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Here's what people don't like. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. Then it says for the time will come. That's why he's saying do this because this time is coming. Now, with that being said, let's talk about two things, which I believe has led to the decline of a lot of these churches. If you ride around in Memphis, Tennessee, where there are over 2000 churches and then the Memphis Metroplex, there is about 5,000 churches and or ministries, at least at one point there was. When you ride around, what you will notice or what I noticed over the years is a lot of churches that are up for sale. They're empty, kind of like Matthew 13. A lot of churches have sprang up real quick and they have 
put a for sale sign because for one reason or another, they're now closed. Now with churches in the thousands in a city like Memphis or in lots of parts of the Bible Belt, churches close for a lot of reasons that are not necessarily due to sound doctrine being preached. That's another song for another day. But in this podcast, let's go ahead and speak about two things really for the remainder of this podcast. And that is traditions of men versus commandments of God. Traditions of men versus commandments of God. This podcast has been birthed out of this statement that I've heard since I became a Christian. And that statement is, we are all sinners. And I'm going to say the Baptist denomination because I have gone to a Baptist seminary. I have visited a Baptist seminary. I remember visiting one all day long. I went there for a whole day. And I heard that statement quite a few times. It's almost like every person who was teaching or speaking was saying, we are all sinners, right? So let's kind of dive into this statement and try to authenticate the validity of this statement. We are all sinners. I was looking at a resource, the Ezra Project. If you Google that, it'll teach you an express little, you know, kind of appetizer for learning Greek. Now, I've been dancing in Greek for a while. I'm not a scholar, but I've learned from some seasoned men who make disciples and they turn me on to it. And so anyway, it's, it's work. But once you work it, you like it and you don't want it any other way. So the statement, we are all sinners. Now, are is the present tense of the word be. Be, to exist as. That means we are. It doesn't mean I was or I will be a sinner. The statement we want to unpack here is we are all sinners. It's a present tense. So if I read the statement today, we are all sinners. It's no different if I was to change it, which is that's kind of third person saying we, meaning it's more than two, more than one, or more than just, you know, second person plural. If I was to say you or you all, it's excluding me. But if I say we, I'm including everybody. So let's just rephrase it and say, I am a sinner. All right. We are all sinners or I am a sinner. Am are that means it's present tense i can say the same statement tomorrow i am a sinner and it will be true because tomorrow once it arrives will be today and if i say today that means it is the present time at this present time we are all sinners or i am a sinner hopefully that's plain enough all right every human is born into sin I'm going to make statements and read the Bible. Let's let the word speak for itself. Keep the statement, we are all sinners in mind. Again, every human is born into sin. I don't care where you are on the planet. China, Singapore, Thailand, uh, Russia, uh, the Netherlands, uh, Italy, Spain, United States, Africa, Panama. It don't matter where you are born. It doesn't matter when you were born in 100 A.D., 1800, it don't matter. Every human is born into sin. Psalm 51.5, King James Version says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Psalm 51.5. Right? Sin is the objective of the human being naturally. Romans 5.12, King James Version. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, S-I-N-N-E-D, as it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Sin is the objective of the human being naturally. If you don't have any training, rearing, uh, 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 upbringing for a human being, they are going to be wild. All you got to do is look at children, especially today. Most children raised today do not have any discipline. They're wild, unruly. 
They're riotous. They're, they're crazy. It's, it's an absolute joke. Again, I don't want to chase that rabbit. Let's keep going. There is nothing good about man apart from God. Titus 1, 15 through 16, King James says, Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Prime example, Eminem's number one album in the country right now. He got a song talking about Jesus Christ is my Lord. Yeah. How many times do we got to see the same mayonnaise being spread on the world's bread? Haven't we seen this before? Missy Elliott, Black Street. You name the artist. Mariah Carey. Somebody got a nasty, uh, perverted album. But on one track, they're going to say, And Jesus is my Lord. Uh, if he your Lord, erase all the other songs, even the album altogether, put you on a modest outfit, okay, get washed in the blood of Jesus, etc., etc., and then maybe that might be true. But that little song you got right there, right here, it said what I just read to you. Titus 1, 16, King James Version said, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Moving on to the next statement. Unregenerate men know they are sinful. 1 Timothy 1, 8-10, King James Version. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. The reason that we have laws in all of the world, we have governments and police and federal agencies and, and uh, local and state and federal and national and all these laws is because human beings know that human beings are sinful. They might not call it sin, but you better have a law and you better have a lock and, you know, you might want to have a gun or a stick or some mace or a guard dog or something. Because we as humans know what will happen if we don't have these measures or these laws or the enforcement of laws in place. I did a message a long time ago called Landlord and Law. And we went through, you know, this type of thing. But yes, all you got to do is watch the news. The news is just the tip of the iceberg as far as what has been going on. How long has Uncle Joey been visiting his little nephew, Bobby? And he has a special interest in him. Why? You, you watch the news and you see people being abused and all types of stuff. Which again, it's almost like they can't build prisons fast enough. Okay. Now, I want to highlight a few things. I feel like in some ways I don't want this thing to be too long, but I don't want to go too fast. Remember, we're thinking about the statement. We are all sinners because this podcast is called Roman Sinner Remix. This is Tay Love. You're listening to the One Life podcast via MadeUpMind.com. So let me read the, a, a portion of this text one more time in light of the statement, we are all sinners. First Timothy 1, 8 through 10 King James. But we, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. But, uh-oh, that means it's not this, but what's after this word, but is who the law is made for. Nine, knowing this, that the law is not 
made for a righteous man, but for what kind of man? The lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners. Uh-oh, keep that light on. We are all sinners. The law is not made for a righteous man, but the law is made for the ungodly and for sinners. Keep that in your, your keep it on your plate. Let's move on. So look at Romans 3. What we just read was Romans. We opened with Romans 3, 19 through 26. What you see is from verse 19 through 23, it's really highlighting the law. What the law does is show the whole world that, hey, every human being is guilty of breaking the law in one way or another. Again, in Romans 3, 19, it says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. You see that? Every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God because of the law. How so? For by the law is the knowledge of sin. I always use this uh, illustration. Take us, uh, you know, 35 mile an hour speed sign. Most cities in America have them. I'm riding down the street at 50 miles an hour. I'm, I'm cruising. And all of a sudden, I see the sign that says 30 speed limit 35. What does that immediately tell me when I look down at my speedometer? I am breaking the law. Why? Because I'm going 50 and the law says 35. When I see the speed limit sign, it lets me know that I am guilty because I broke the law. That's what the law has been for and is for. Okay. Once again, you see the word in 21. So it's turning the tide. It's turning what we're talking about. And it's saying, okay, we understand that all the world may become guilty before God. 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. What this is saying is, look, here's the law. Here's the righteousness of God. And it's not in the law. It's apart from the law. And now it says through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference. Then it's saying it doesn't matter who you are or how you have been guilty by the law. Because 24 says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sets forth as a propitiation. I've been saying that word wrong for years. I guess I've been saying propitiation, but I guess it is propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. What I'm pretty much saying, I, I need to unscramble these eggs for you. You have the law. And you can't be made righteous through the law because verse 20, we're still in Romans 3:20, says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. The law cannot justify you, but the righteousness of God and uh, through faith in Jesus Christ can and does justify you. In other words, if you keep the law, you still can't be justified. But righteous, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, for those who believe, 24, it says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Then it goes on to say uh, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, 26, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Folks, I know this sounds, when you read parts of the Bible, it sounds like, man, what is he saying? It's kind of redundant and repetitive. 
in a nutshell, this is saying the law is how every human is guilty before God. The law illuminates sin. I just read it to you in 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 10. But Jesus dying on the cross provided the righteousness of God. In other words, it's the work of Jesus that is what makes a human being righteous. So again, that's why it says 26 to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Translation, the way that you are righteous before God, justified before God is having faith in Jesus Christ. So hopefully I'm trying. I, I just I, I feel like maybe this is not a, just a study on this text because we could keep going. But just understand that in this text, Romans 3, 19 through 20 and then 21, it says, but now. So there's one thought and but now changes to another thought to show you, hey, this didn't happen. But now. All right. Again, the statement is we are all sinners. Okay. Let's go to Romans 4. Hold that text. Write that down. Now let's go to Romans 4. Romans 4, 5 through 8, New King James Version. This one reads, But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Seven, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Eight, blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Romans four, five through eight, New King James Version. A few highlights. His faith is accounted for righteousness. God imputes righteousness. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. That's in that text. Okay. Now, let's do just like we just did. Let's just read a few statements and read the Bible. Because again, this has been made famous. We are all sinners. And remember, I'm going somewhere, so just stay with me here. Thank you for listening. Please share the podcast. Again, this is not so, you know, Tay Love can just be some, you know, jocking himself. No, you and I both know people who just are not well versed in the Bible, are confused, want to know more, want to grow. Send it to that person who can appreciate taking time and, and diving into God's word because we all know people, right? That was Romans 3. I just read to you Romans 4, 5 through 8. Now here's some statements and, and more Bible. Believing on Jesus Christ is what transfers his righteousness to you. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, King James says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That was 2 Corinthians 5.21. Believing on Jesus Christ is what transfers his righteousness to you. If you saw my notes, you would see the word believing is in red. That is a loaded word. Maybe one day we can dive into that. But the Greek word for that is pistuo. Pistuo. And it means a whole lot more than a checkbox. And that's kind of... You know, how it's perceived today is a mental check. Like, do I believe the sky is blue? Yeah. Do I believe the ground is solid? Yeah. They think that's what Jesus means here. No, no, no. That word in John 3.16 and in so many other verses, that word is loaded. And that's why God, who's smarter than man, uses the word believe in one of the famous Passages of scripture, John 3, 16, for whosoever believes on him. 
All right. So believing on Jesus Christ is what transfers his righteousness to you. Only God himself makes one righteous, not we ourselves. Job fifteen sixteen King James Version. How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water? Job fifteen sixteen King James Version. We don't have time to chase the word iniquity, but if we did, you would also see. It is more than just, I made a little boo-boo. God, forgive me. When you chase the word iniquity and you do a you get deep with it. You understand that iniquity is very sinister. It's evil. It's dark. All right. The verse reads again, Job fifteen sixteen, King James. How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water? That's why only God himself makes one righteous, not we ourselves. This is the problem with Catholicism. Well, you got to go in a booth and tell a man what you're doing. Nothing wrong with talking to somebody about your struggle, but the way they believe the Pope and the papacy and how Peter is really Jesus incarnate and the Pope is under Jesus and they praying the saints. And, you know, if you want luck and you want healing and you want comfort, you got all these saints and it's a whole different system that. Is not Christianity, not evangelical. The apostles who followed Jesus Christ were not preaching Catholicism, right? There are people who believe in Jesus, live a life pleasing to him and live by faith in obedience to him. Let me say that statement one more time, because people today act like these kind of people don't exist. There are people who believe in Jesus, live a life pleasing to him. And live by faith in obedience to him. Revelation 22, 11, King James, it says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Revelation 22, 11, King James Version. I was watching a, a, a little story, well, documentary on different characters of the Bible. I've watched one on Samuel. Now I'm watching one on David. And there's a verse that God says about people like David throughout the Bible, especially when you read the Old Testament. But the Bible says, I mean, you know, said it about Solomon. The Bible says, this is God speaking to Solomon. He says to Solomon in 1 Kings 9, 4 through 9, King James says, and I'm just going to read a few verses out of this, not everything, just to illustrate again, Revelation 22, 11, there are people who believe in Jesus, live a life pleasing to him and live by faith in obedience to him or else the Bible would not say these people as I just read it to you. Okay. So again, 1 Kings 9 Starting at verse four, and if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever as I promised to David thy father, saying, there shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel, etc. So we see God referring to to David, what kind of heart he had. Not only there, but let's go to 1 Kings 11, 4. He said, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord God, as was the heart of David, his father. Did you see that? David had a perfect heart before God. I know you might be saying, Well, that was King David. That's one in a million. Well, no, if I went through the Bible, we find more people than David. But I'm simply saying, even today, this is Revelation 22, 11, well past the time of David. And it says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. First Peter 2, 9 through 10, King James. But ye are a chosen generation, but ye are. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, 
and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I like this verse because it, it gives a contrast kind of like Paul does. You were and you are. You were this, but you are that. You were this, but you are that. Second Corinthians 5, 17. For if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are, are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So many other verses. All right. Again, who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Titus 2, 11 through 15, King James Version. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Or did it say teaching us that uh, giving in to ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live as sinners because we are just sinners. No, the Bible didn't say that. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, why? 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Titus 2, 11 through 15, King James Version. Again, Paul is saying this is what God did and why he did it. And, and th these are the people that we should be who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, as we just read in 1 Peter 2, 9. Okay, let's move on to the next verse. We, we were in Romans 3 and Romans 4. Let's go to Romans 5. This is Tay Love, and you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Today's podcast is called Roman Sinner Remix. Let's read Romans 5, 18 through 21, King James Version. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience... Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. That was Romans 5, 18 through 21. I love the contrast that Paul gives us in Romans. To say that we are sinners is to say that God's atonement did not work or was not enough. Listen, folks, Romans 3 talked about the propitiation. That's the same thing as atonement. OK, you constantly seeing a contrast between righteousness and the law, righteous, holy sinners, righteousness. And here again, he says in Romans 5, 19, for as one man's disobedience, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. We could kick that, oh man, we could kick that around. You have were and you have be. Were is the past tense of be. Be is the present tense. Many be 
made righteous. Many were made sinners. Sinners righteous. Y'all see what I'm saying? Hopefully y'all getting this. Now let's read Hebrews 10, 26-31 King James Version. Because again, to say that we are sinners is to say that God's atonement did not work and or was not enough. Hebrews 10, 26-31 King James Version. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. 28, listen to this. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Oh my goodness. Again, we don't have time to go through that in the way that I'm feeling it right now. But let's finish this uh, text. Hebrews 10, 30-31. It says, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10, 26-31, King James Version. If we are all sinners and all we can do and do do is sin, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Did you hear what the verse said? For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Ladies and gentlemen, what this is basically saying is, hey, Jesus died on the cross so that we don't have to sin. We can control when we sin. When you hear the term and people and preachers and, and messages and songs say we are all sinners or I'm just a sinner. That implies, man, I can't help myself. I, I, you know, I can't help myself or one of the old songs, the, uh, you know, why must I be like that? Why must I chase the cat? Nothing but the dog in me. Woo. I can't help myself. I can't. As a matter of fact, there's a song that got a lyric that say, I can't help myself. I want you and nobody else. Sugar pie, honey bun. You can tell I've been close to a jukebox at a point in time in my life. But I'm just saying, that's what it means. I can't help my sin. All I do is sin. I sin every day. I sin today. I'm going to sin tomorrow. I'm going to sin every day because all I am is a sinner. We're all sinners. Everybody in here sins every day. Ain't nothing you can do about it. The blood of Jesus wasn't enough. His atonement wasn't enough. He washed us, but he left a stain on us. That's the kind of thinking and flow that comes behind the statement, we are all sinners. So far, Romans 3, Romans 4, Romans 5, Hebrews 10. What is it saying? It's not saying that. Okay, now let's wrap it all together with Romans 6. Ooh, this chapter right here is so good that it's almost like you need to read the whole verse. You need to read all 23 verses in Romans 6. Uh, of course, as a, as a person who loves the Bible, yes, you can read the book of Romans. But just to really put the icing on the cake of this podcast Let's just highlight a few verses in Romans chapter 6 in light of the statement, we are all sinners. I am a sinner. I can't help my sin. I sin every day. I can't do nothing but sin. And, and Jesus' atonement didn't work. It wasn't enough because I still sin every day. I just came out of sin. I'm in sin right now. And when I get through with this church service, I'm going back into sin. That sounds like a person who's not saved. That's exactly what that sounds like. 
Let's read Romans 6. Romans 6, King James Version, verses 1 and 2. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? 2 Peter 2, 20-22. Hey, you're like a dog that's returned to his own vomit. Did you hear what this verse said? God forbid that you do that. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? That's like taking a piece of dead, a dead finger. The doctor cuts it off. You get discharged from the hospital, but you turn around the next day and go back up to stairs, back upstairs to the doctor room and say, give me that dead finger so I can put it back on. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verses 6 through 8. We're still in Romans 6. We're just going through a few verses. We could do 23 of them, but let's just highlight a few. Romans 6, 6 through 8. King James. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Sin might be destroyed. Why? The old man is. That's the present tense of be. Be is crucified. With him. Jesus is not on the cross. Jesus was crucified. This one says the old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Listen to the Jesus in John eight thirty four. He that is he that commits a sin is the servant of sin. We should not serve sin in this text. Let's keep reading Romans six fifteen through twenty three. I, I I tried you know I'm trying to avoid, but I'm like you know let's read this whole thing because. What I'm trying to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, is there's a lot of cliche sayings and flat out garbage that should not be said. It's like a parent who is uh, trying to teach their child something. Let's use the example of, you know, I'm a, a father. You know, you, you try to train your child and you teach your child. And let's say there's a child. OK, you got your son and you trying to teach him to take a bath. He comes in from school and you, you know, he's like, uh, let's just say 10 or 11. And man, he musty. He smell like musty onions and, you know, some dirty clothes. Some just an oddball mix of funk. He got that stank funk going on. And you saying, doggone it. How can I get this boy? Let me. And that's what you're thinking in your mind. Now, you have a few ways of going about things. If you say, uh, you stinking dog smelling crap. Uh, you know, you piece of garbage boy. What's wrong with you? You stupid dummy. Go take a bath and wash your nasty tail. All right. Now, you know, he goes and he takes a bath. What do you, what if you did that every time? You know, three times a month. Three years go by. You talk to him just like that. You stupid dummy. You stupid dummy. What do you think the child is going to start believing after three or four years of hearing you stupid dummy? After a while, they're going to say, you know what? I stink again because I'm a stupid dummy. My dad is right. That's exactly what's going to start happening. Please understand. I am not saying new age, name it, claim it, word of faith garbage where you speak positive thoughts over your life. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is 
If you keep telling people, hey, man, we're all sinners. It's not that big of a deal because everybody's doing it. Nobody's taking Jesus seriously. So sip a little beer, touch you some thighs, drink you a little wine, slurt us, you know, say a cuss word here or there, you know, and so on and so forth. You are making the person believe, you know what? Sin is not as big of a deal as people think. God is cool. He ain't, he ain't that upset by sin. That's exactly what I'm saying here. Okay. But let's read this last text. Ooh, it's so good. Let's just read Romans 15, or I'm sorry, Romans 6, verses 15 through 23. King James, what then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now Yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were freed from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6, 15 through 23, King James. Paul does a great job at contrasting. Ye yield yourselves uh, uh, obedience unto righteousness Ye became the servants of righteousness. Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Became or become servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Again, God forbid. You see the contrast. You see the contrast. 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded, that's a past tense, yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Listen, even now, even so now, yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. That's a great contrast there. Let's wrap up this podcast with these final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, all have sinned in Romans 3.23, which you see a lot on tracks and, 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 and you know that that applies to people who don't have Jesus. All have sinned and, and fall short of the glory of God. Again, in Romans 3, it's the contrast. If you don't have the grace or if you don't have the righteousness of God, if you don't have Jesus Christ, the only thing that you are under is the law. And the Bible says all the world may become guilty before God. It says that every mouth may be stopped. This is uh, Ray Comfort and, and uh, Kirk Cameron Living Waters ministry. They go around and they use the law. And it illuminates that people are sinful. As we already read that. But again, what hope is there? If Jesus didn't die on the cross, we'd all be doomed to hell. Man can't make righteousness. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. There's nothing in man or flesh or the world that can make us righteous or right with God. As you saw that I read to you, 
a, a man drinks iniquity like water. Romans 6 says that we were servants to unrighteousness. Servants. That means we were slaves. We were bound to uncleanness. We were bound to iniquity unto iniquity. And that just means innumerable sins. All have sinned simply means every human was, is, and will be qualified to receive the free gift of salvation. But not everybody wants to believe and obey Jesus. That's why this Bible verse says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I will say that statement once again. All have sinned simply means every human was, is, and will be qualified to receive the free gift of salvation. But not everybody wants to believe and obey Jesus. How do we know? God gives us a clue. Even in the verse as simple as Romans I'm sorry, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That whosoever believes in him, that means anyone can but not everyone will. Romans 5.8-9, which is a, a, a very popular verse when it comes to church. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in this and that while we were still sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Well, that is predicated upon if you believe in Jesus. If you look around the world and even if you look around the church, sadly, if you look around the church, sadly, not everybody wants to believe and obey Jesus, you don't believe me, I know. So we're going to finish with this text because everybody does not want to believe and obey Jesus. Revelation 16, 8 through 9, followed by Revelation 16, 17 through 20. King James, it reads, the fourth poured out his bowl on the sun. Now, you know, we're 16 chapters in the Revelation and the seals have broken and all types of stuff has happened. And now we're at the point where it says the fourth poured out his bowl on the sun. It was allowed to scorch people with fire and people were scorched by the intense heat. So they blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues and they did not repent and give him glory. 17 through 20, Revelation 16, 17 through 20. Then the seventh poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and pearls of thunder and a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people had been on the earth. So great was the quake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered in God's presence he gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island fled and the mountains disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds. I, I just, I don't, I, I, I'm already scared. I, it, it, the time hasn't even come. Anyway, enormous hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds, fell from the sky on people. And they blasphemed God for the plague of hell because that plague was extremely severe. I just read to you Revelation 16 verses 8 through 9 and verses 17 through 20. Not everybody wants to believe in Jesus. You're listening to Tay Love via the One Life podcast on MadeUpMind.com. This podcast is called Roman Center Remix, again, centered around one of the most popular statements. We are all sinners. Last thing I'll leave you with is this traditions of men versus commandments of God. There are so many sayings 
that are cliches, that are good sayings, fun sayings, familiar sayings, but they are not derived out of the commandments of God. Mostly they come from the traditions of men. And so many things in the church are based on traditions of men and not the Bible. And as a result, as I just read to you, a lot of churches are declining. Statistics show that there are some Bible believing Christians that are leaving the church. It's not because they don't want to follow Jesus. They're simply tired of the man-made traditions of men. And they want the God word commandments of God. And that's why they're tired of the filters of, of all these traditions that have nothing to do with the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this is Taylor. Thank you for listening. That concludes this podcast, Roman Center Remix. Until next time. Hit the trash bag, preach the gospel bag. 2819, make disciples of all. Make disciples one life, one death, one tie. Make disciples, make disciples, make disciples.